Welcome to Single Moms Unfolded. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Kelly Vieira. This is a podcast for single moms created by a single mom to help single moms. This is our safe space to love, to connect, and grow together. and welcome to Single Moms Unfolded. Today we are lucky enough to have my friend and coach and a parent guidance coach, Lori Pascuta Diaz. Thank you, thank you, Lori, for being with us again. Thank you, Kelly. I'm so happy to have you. You helped me so much. I know you have so much you can share with us. So can you just tell us a little bit about yourself so people know who you are? Sure. I am an LCSW, a licensed clinical social worker, and I specialize in work with children and their parents. I am a parent guidance coach because I work a lot with parents now. Um, I used to work primarily with kids and I have shifted to be able to help more kids by helping their parents so that they can support their kids better. That's awesome. That's so true, right? Yeah. We need, the parents have to be on board, right? Or it's just a mismatch. Yeah. Absolutely. Awesome, awesome. So today I've asked you to be on so you can help us with some parenting issues, some parenting tips, right? So for me, right? I'm just going to use me as an example because I'm assuming all single moms go through this, right? What do we do when our child is freaking out and having a temper tantrum? How do we react to that? Okay, well, the first thing you without looking at ourselves, first thing you have to do is you have to change that word, temper tantrum. I use the word meltdowns. Okay, so temper tantrum has a very negative definition, and we think of it as something that's not okay, and we react to it that way. So first change the word, the language you're using, and refer to it as a meltdown. When a kid is in meltdown, it's really important to know that they are not thinking. They are reacting with the emotional part of their brain and it's out of control. So emotions are taking over and thinking is shutting down. So what happens is when someone's in a meltdown, a kid or an adult, is they're not doing their best thinking and they're often doing their worst thinking. And I see kids who are really not thinking at all. They go into mm -hmm. fight or flight mode and they react. So a meltdown is a reaction to the emotional overload. The emotional overload is a response to a problem. And so what I do is I focus parents and adults on problem solving with kids. And by doing this, we can eliminate meltdowns. It's a different way of dealing with kids. And I find that I have to work to train adults how to do this. Problem solving with kids is a proactive approach. And what we tend to do is a reactive approach. So you have a kid who's melting down in front of you and that's when you respond. We're going to get really yep. good if you if we work together, we're going to get really good at understanding what causes that. 
And what causes that is a reaction to a problem. So the meltdown is telling us there's a problem. And when we can solve the problem with the kid, we won't have meltdowns because we'll catch it before it's happening because we can't work with a kid who's melting down because they can't think. And often and we try to ask them when someone is frustrated because a meltdown is a result of frustration, we get frustrated too. It's a chain reaction, right? Yes. So emotions will cause, they're, they're kind of like lava coming out of a volcano. They cover everything. And so, for sure. so it's very hard for a lot of adults, especially parents, to have their kid melting down in front of them and have them not start to melt down as well. Yep. So that's the first. Especially if you're in the mall, you're in a public place and your child's like freaking out and you like, the people are looking, you're like, come on, just, you know, yeah. Oh, definitely. Okay. Parents are the most judgmental of people on this earth. It's horrible. So we should all be like empathetic. We know what we're going through. I know, I know, but our culture doesn't support that. We're always judging everybody and defending ourselves when it comes to being a parent. And if we could just understand, which is one of the things I, I do when I try to bring parents together in workshops or groups, that we're going through the same thing. So if we can support each other, then we're going to feel supported and we'll be able to go through this. Yeah. And sometimes you'll, you'll see, even out in public, you know, you'll catch another parent who's like, that's right, you do that. You tell that kid. And so right, they right. supported. But when you see them, oh, my goodness, what is she doing to that kid that that kid is, you know, doing this? And one thing you have to remember is they have no idea what's going on. They don't know you. They don't know your kid. And so right. if they're not, um, they're not, they don't have a right to, to judge you. And you don't have attention to it. Agreed. So what can we do to stop it? Like may, maybe we can't stop it, but what do we do to temporarily get it until we can have a discussion and we're not both, well, you know, once a, kid, not, once a kid's in meltdown, the only thing that you can do is get through it. So a kid can't think an adult has a harder time thinking. And so we're not going to solve any problems there. So we just have to get through it which is why I love doing problem solving with parents and kids because we address the problem before the meltdown because we know there's a problem. And a lot of times parents do and they forget that. So you take a kid who's, you know, tired to the mall because I got to go pick up something and they start, you know, having a meltdown. You knew that was going to happen because they're tired and when they're tired, they get cranky because you're around them, you know that. And going to the mall is no fun for them, unless it is. And so you're kind of going into the mall going, oh, I hope everything's gonna be okay. And so one of the things that's so important is to have realistic expectations. That if I'm gonna take her into the mall and we just got out of school and she's exhausted, she's gonna be cranky. And so when she's cranky and she's showing that, I have to deal with it because we're, we could go into a meltdown and we may very well. So I may have to think about that. Do I really, is it worth a meltdown to go to the mall and pick up this thing right now? 
And sometimes a parent will say yes, and sometimes they'll say no. So if the situation is going to allow for a meltdown, you should expect that. And most of us do. We just hope it doesn't happen. And then we get disappointed. <laughs> we keep our fingers crossed. Because we have oh, this is the only time I can get this one thing done. And sometimes you have to drag them to do things and you know it's not going to go well. Do we just sit it out? Do we just be like, okay, I know you're upset. We're just going to, do we just sit it out and keep going through or? Well, you want to respond when the when your kid is letting you know there's a problem, there's frustration coming. So if you you pick up your kid from school and you say, oh, we're going to stop at the mall. I have to pick up this thing. And she goes, oh, no, I don't want to go to the mall. That's your clue. Mm -hmm. That's when you want to start intervening. So your first step is to cap is to recognize the clue the frustration is beginning or the problem is emerging and then we can go into problem solving and your first step is to show empathy be there with okay your kid. and the easiest way to do that kelly is to repeat what your kid says to you so if you say to her um we're going to stop at the mall i have to pick up something and she goes oh no i don't want to go to the mall you show empathy by repeating back what she said. Oh, you don't want to go to the mall. And you have to do that just in a very matter of fact way. Not, oh, you don't want to go to the mall. Because right then and there, you've communicated more than that. So what you're just communicating is, I heard you. And some kids, they don't like when you repeat what they say. So they'll tell you, stop saying what I'm saying. Stop copying me. So you do. I heard you. You don't want to go to the mall. I try to use as much of their language as possible so they really know I'm listening. Um, so okay, rather than that's great. I try to use the words that they use. And you'll know. We're doing it with no emotion. We're not no emotion, but we're doing it on a lower level. We're just, with, okay, yeah. so you don't want to I go heard, to the mall today. So it's, you don't it doesn't sound like you're upset. Yes. You, you don't even okay. draw the conclusion. You already know that. Right. What you do is the first the first step is empathy. I hear you. I'm listening. I, I and what you're communicating is I understand. I understand you don't want to go to the mall. I hear you. I get that. And here's where parents will mess it up. But I have to go pick up this mall, uh, this thing at the mall. As soon as you use the word but, you just you just threw their concern off the table. I don't want to go to the mall. And okay. kids get used to adults throwing their concerns off the table, which is part of the reason they get so frustrated. So it happens. Guilty. I do that. I do that. Yeah, we all do that because we're, kind, you know, we're focused on, I need to get this done. And the, the good part is that when you work on problem solving with kids, you're doing work you're teaching skills and you're teaching multiple skills at the same time when you just tell a kid well sorry you're gonna have to deal with it i gotta go to the mall so get get you know get over it you're not teaching it up yeah all you're doing is frustrating them more because they're letting you know i'm having a hard time because if they weren't having a hard time they would have said okay mom and they would have been fine so something's going on that's making this hard for them and that's what we want to get to so you start off with empathy. I hear you. You don't want to go to the mall. And then we start getting some information. 
And the easiest way to do that is, what's up? What's going on? And they'll tell you something often. I hate the mall. I don't want to go to the mall. Or I'm tired. I'm hungry. I just got out of school. And all those things are telling you something different. Mm -hmm. so those are different problems. I'm hungry is a different problem than I'm tired. I'm, pro I'm tired right. of a different problem than I just got out of school and now you're rushing me to the mall. That's a transition issue. So if we don't work on solving the right problem, we're going to have a frustrated kid too. So we really have to listen to what they're giving us. So she says, I'm tired. I don't want to go to the mall. All we do is walk around. It's so long. So she just told you a whole lot about how come she's frustrated and she's not saying, okay, mom. So we problem solve. Okay, you're frustrated, you're you're tired, it takes so long to walk around the mall, and you're tired and you don't want to do that, you don't want to go to the mall, I hear you. The thing is, you're tired and you don't want to go to the mall, it takes so long, and here comes my concern, I have to pick up this thing and the only time I have to do it is now. And most kids, will throw out some kind of a solution to that problem. And the cool part is they actually take your concern into consideration, but most of us don't know that. So she says, can I stay in the car? Which is a solution to, I don't wanna walk around the mall, I'm tired, but you have to go to the mall and get this thing. Now the solution that she threw out, can I stay in the car? may not be one that works for you. Right. It may not work for you because it might cause another problem. And that problem might be, I'm going to be too worried about you if you're in the car. I'm worried that something will happen to you in the car. It may be, I'm worried that a security officer will drive by and see you in the car by yourself. And then I'm going to be in trouble for that because it's not okay to leave kids your age in the car by themselves. Right. It could be, I'm afraid to leave you in the car because I think you're going to try and drive the car. <laughs> so, True. My daughter would. <laughs> so you have to kind of understand what your concern is, why that's not going to work for you. But what we'll do is go, I'm not leaving you in the car. Yes. And so like they're crazy. Yes, exactly. And so I've just thrown your solution off the table too. I've thrown your concern and your solution. Even worse, if I said, you're not staying in the car. You're coming in with me. Because now I've told her nothing you said matters. So she's going to get more frustrated. And she's going to show that frustration in her behavior. So what we want to do is come up with something that works for both of us. So she says, can I stay in the car? And you go, you want to stay in the car because I'm listening. Um, so you repeat back, okay. Um, I don't. I'm not really comfortable with that idea. I don't think that's going to work. And she's going to probably either go, oh, or she's going to cry. And you can, yeah. well, kids your age are not really allowed to be left in cars. Um, so that's not going to work. We can both get in trouble for that. And she's going to get frustrated if that's the only idea she's got that she thinks to solve this problem. So it's important that when she has no other ideas that you come up with some. And you're on the fly, so you may not have an idea. You might have to think. 
So <laughs> you're going to have to think. And if she has no ideas, she's going to get more frustrated. This is an unsolvable problem. I'm tired. I can't go in the mall. And you want to go in the mall. And you always get to do what you want to do. She added it goes that. back in the circle. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So yep, you've been thinking, here. trying to figure out how can we solve this problem? You can stay with her by showing empathy. So you keep saying what she's saying. I know you're tired. You're tired. I always get to do what I want to do. You don't get to do what you want to do. It's not fair. I'm so mean. And she'll stay with you. And she'll say, yes, yes, because you're listening. <laughs> and so as long as she's not getting more frustrated, she's still thinking. So you can still work on the problem solving. So see, the thing is, I know that you're tired, her concern. And I have to run and get this. I don't, this is the only time I have that I can go to the mall when it's open. What do you think we could do? She goes, well, I said stay in the car, but you won't let me. I know you came up with stay in the car and that's not going to work. How about this? And you come up with something that has to address both concerns. I know you're tired and I have to go in. What if we do it quick? I won't go to any other stores. We'll just run to that store. We'll do it really fast. Because I know that when you're tired, it takes too long. And she may say, fine. Accept that. Don't say anything about her attitude, her frustration, or her delivery. Accept that she is shifting. She's becoming more flexible. And that's good. Even if she stomps in the mall and she mutters under her breath and she says, I hate this. And now you're not going to take a short time. I know you. You always go to other stores. Ignore it. Don't say anything. Ignore it. Okay. Because it's hard to ignore. Ignore in the fact that you don't let it cause your emotions to come up. You okay. can stay with her and you can, you can repeat the stuff she's saying, but don't let your emotions come up. Your response is your response. Her response is hers. What comes up for you is not the same that comes up for her. So as you, as she's telling you, I'm tired. I don't want to go. I hate going to the mall. In your head, you're probably saying things like, you're always trying to tell me what to do. You always have a problem every time I need to go to the mall. You never just shut your mouth and, and do what I tell you to do. And that's right. bringing up stuff for you. And so you're responding to that. You're not responding to her. So right. it's very important for you to have awareness of yourself and what's coming up for you, what you're feeling and what you're thinking, because that's going to affect your response to her. Okay. So aware now that kind of ties into another question I have for you, mm -hmm. because being empathetic, I love that being empathetic and listening and repeating back and kind of having some grace with them if they're a little pissed off, but still shifting. But how about when you're in a situation where you're both like butting heads, like you feel like, you know, they don't, they're not grateful for anything. They're being disrespectful and they're just like, whatever, just, you know, and it's a constant, I know transition days. Mm -hmm. I feel like she goes to dad's and comes home and the first day is like hell. It's like, ugh, here we go. Yeah. You know, and, and do we use the same thing to, be empathetic or what what is the best way to handle it because i get so mad it's like uh it's monday i miss my daughter i want to see you but i dread what it's going to be like yes 
Yes, I hear that a lot with single parents. Oh, good, good. <laughs> that it takes a couple days to transition back. Um, especially if it's like weekend, if they stay with you for the week during the week and they go with dad on the weekends, it can take like two days, three days to transition back and then they're transitioning again. So one of the things is be realistic that keeps on happening. So you need to expect it to happen. And she's letting you know the transition's hard for me. It takes me time to transition back from one environment to the next environment. And she, she may be able to tell you what makes it hard for the, uh, what's making the transition harder. She may not be able to. So you may be able to have conversations outside of the transitioning of, you know, I noticed that when you come home from your dad's on Mondays, it seems like it's hard. It seems like you're frustrated, you're annoyed, you're upset, whatever words she may have used or what you think you're observing. Um, or you can just say, it seems hard for you. What's going on? What's up? What's happening? One of those questions, not all of them, but one of them. Right, right. And she'll tell you something. And it may be in anger she's telling you. I'm tired of having to go back and forth all the time. Every time I come back, you just start telling me I have to clean up my room and I have to do the chores. So whatever she's telling you, you have to be aware of how you feel about it and what it's meaning to you that she, you're complaining that you have to do chores. Do you know how many chores I had to do? I asked you to do one freaking thing. That's coming up uh -huh. you. That's not her experience. That's yours. That's true. You're gonna That's respond. true. That's my feeling. Yeah, you're going to respond to your feelings and your experience. And in your head or out loud, you're saying, I can't believe how ungrateful you are. How dare you talk to me like that? You're being so disrespectful. I'm being nice to you. I give you one chore. I had to do tons of chores. And yeah. underneath that is, and yeah, I'm the one who has to do all the bossing and all the hard work and all the dirty stuff. Well, dad takes you for the weekend and you go play and you go to places and he buys you stuff and it's all wonderful. There's no responsibility over there. If that's the case. That's right. it too. So all that's coming up in your response to her. So being aware of yourself and what comes up for you helps you to process and get through that. So it doesn't affect your interaction with her. And then also understanding what it's like for her. The transition's hard for her. It's confusing or it's just frustrating. Or it's a reminder that we're not together anymore and everything is different now going back and forth and maybe it's the difference in the households well at dad's there's no rules or there's limited rules or there's limited responsibility and when i come here it's all about the homework and the get ready and did you do this and did you do that kind of stuff so trying to understand what's contributing to that transition and expecting expect it to be hard is the best you can do. So just go with, go with it and don't put your feelings into right. it. Just stay with her. Right. Even if you feel like, you know, exhausted, you stay with her. Right. So that right. that's yeah, a good point. With her perspective. Just understand. With her perspective. Right. Because as I'm talking to you, I realize how much 
you know, we may be dismissing stuff because as a single mom, you're rushing, you're trying to get stuff done. Okay, we have whatever cheerleading tonight. We have to get A, B, and C done. And, you know, moving in slow motion is like, no, we don't have time for this doing whatever you want. We have to do what we have to do in this time. And you can often have conversation outside of the transition that's frustrating about it. You know, I noticed when you come back from your dad's, it seems hard what's going on. And she starts mm-hmm. to tell you about it. You say, I understand it's hard to come back. You know, it feels like you're going from one one world to another world, whatever she tells you. What can we do it's to you. make it easier for you? And then we start problem solving. And she goes, no, I don't know. Yes. There's nothing. That's when you have to come up with some ideas. Well, what if we tried this? What if we did this? What do you think? If she's frustrated, you're going to get no, no, no. That's okay. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything other than she really can't think about it and think if it could work or not. So should we go back and revisit at a different time if she's in the no, whatever mode? Because I feel like maybe that's not a good time. If you get a lot of no's, okay, okay. Not a good time, right. You kind of end that conversation. You don't have to say, well, I guess we can't talk about it right now because you're just going to stir the pot. Just, okay, okay, yep, gotcha. And just leave it. Yes. Just leave it. Okay. Now, I know we're getting short on time. I just wanted to ask you one more thing, which I think is really important right now with kids and the phone. The phones seem to be a big deal, right? What do you suggest how we handle it in a way so that it's not a constant fight? They want to talk to their friends. They want to watch whatever videos about whatever. What is something we can do so it's not a constant struggle? Well, again, realizing that um, phones are a big problem for multiple reasons. Um, And it's the only thing that parents feel like I have that gives me any power is to take their phone. And the problem is, is that it is their lifeline. They see it that way. It's my way to be connected to what I think is the world. It's my way to entertain myself when I'm bored. It's my way to be connected to my friends and my peers. It's how I find out stuff because they don't talk to each other anymore. So, right. so I find out stuff by the group text kind of thing. Um, so when you take it, they react very strongly because you're just cutting off my lifeline. And so they react that way. And some of them will melt down and some of them will get extremely defensive and even aggressive to protect that lifeline. So just taking their phone away isn't necessarily going to get you compliance if that's what you're looking for, um, you may have to find another way to solve the problem that doesn't involve the phone. But if the phone is a problem, then you can address it as a problem and what the problem is. The phone is something that you're on so much that um, your teacher is saying you're not getting your homework done. What could we do about that? And first she's going to vent. The teacher is so mean and the homework is too much. Empathy. I get it. The teacher's being mean and the homework is too much. I get it. The thing is, is that they're expecting you to do the homework. So I'm hoping we can find a way that we can get that homework done and you can still be able to have that time on your phone. 
but we will jump in to solve the problem with you're not getting your homework done so guess what you're spending too much time on your phone so here's how we're going to solve that problem you're going to spend less time on your phone so you have more time to get your homework done yep and that makes perfect sense to us it makes no sense to them because this is not about time this is about your lifeline and the stuff that you enjoy and feel like you're part of versus this this hard work that's difficult and I don't like doing it and it's not fair and all of that. So they will not get the connection. They will interpret as you're just being mean to me. And so they will become defensive. Yes. So I would address problems with the phone in terms of what problem is being created because of the use of the phone and okay. all of those problems. So you're spending a lot of time on your phone. You're not getting your homework done and your teachers need your homework done so they can give you your grades. I don't even care about my grades. I don't care about school. I get that. I hear you. You don't care about your grades. You don't care about school. The thing is that the teachers need to get something from you so they can do this. That's their job. What can we do so we can get some of the homework and how can I help you with that? Well, just do my homework for me. <laughs> yeah, right. For you. Mm. Yes, I could see how that could work, except the thing is, uh, I'm not in eighth grade. It's not my I'm not going to school tomorrow. I'm Thank God. Grade already. I did my homework. It's not my homework to do. But how could I help you get your homework done? I don't feel like doing it. I get that. You don't feel like doing it. So you kind of stay with them as much as you can till we can get to that point of problem solving. The key okay. is when you do that and stay with them, they will, they're much less likely to escalate because you listen, you understand, and you're willing to help me with this instead of you're just telling me what to do. Right. And I, awesome. And kids are really good problem solvers when you give them the opportunity. Awesome. Oh, thank you so much, Lori. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I have to re-strategize. Right? Yeah. Be strategized and uh, listen a lot more for sure. Let me just tell you two quick tips that are going to help you. Um, one, nice. two things that don't say to a kid. Okay. When you're talking to a kid, use that empathy, use their words, but don't use these two words. Don't use the word why and don't use the word but. So instead okay. of saying why, which is a natural response, I want more information. Why are you doing this? Why did you say that? How come? How come? Okay. How come? And what, what also works really well is just start the sentence with because, and they'll start adding to it. Okay. So stop yourself from saying why, because that puts everybody on defense. I have to defend what I'm going to say to you now. So don't use why. Um, also don't use the word but, because when you say but, you throw their concern off the table. So everything I just said to you, ignore that. That doesn't mean anything. Mm -hmm. But here comes the important part. So not that you're using your phone too much, um, but your homework's not getting done. It's use the word and. You're on your phone a lot. And, and instead of but. Your homework is not getting done. So you use okay. the word and instead of but. Don't use the word why. And as much as possible, don't use the word no. 
because that's a trigger word. Oh my God, it's going to cancel out half my vocabulary. I know, I know. Sometimes you even have to say to a kid, I'm not saying no. The thing is, <laughs> and you start. Right, right. Okay, so no no's, no buts, and no whys. As much as possible. Okay, okay. I got to write that on a sticky note and post it everywhere. Yeah. Put it on my phone so I can remind myself. Exactly. Awesome, awesome. Thank you so much, Lloyd, for giving us your time and energy today. Thank you, Kelly, for having me on. Thank you for giving us your time today and listening in. Remember, you're smart, beautiful, and you got this. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for more great tips for single moms.